So was your morning routine different today? Compared to yesterday's morning routine? Because we learned yesterday about the importance of following the sunnah, right? That when a person follows the sunnah, then what happens? His day-to-day actions also, they become ibadah, right? And through that, he seeks what? The love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because we all love Allah, but we want to be loved by Allah as well. And if we want to be loved by Allah, then we have to follow the Prophet So was your morning routine different or was it the same? Or you went home and you forgot? Or you went home and you thought, okay, how can I do this while following the sunnah of the Prophet Were you more conscious? More careful? Yeah. One thing that I realized that really hit me yesterday was that we all claim to follow the sunnah as well. We don't just claim to love Allah, but we also claim to follow the sunnah, don't we? If we ask ourselves, if somebody was to ask you, do you follow the sunnah? You'll say, yeah, of course I do. I eat with my right hand. When I eat, you know, I say bismillah. You know, I say the masnoon du'as. I follow the sunnah. Isn't that what we think? Isn't that what we believe about ourselves? But the reality is that we don't follow the sunnah as we should. We don't follow the sunnah as much as we should be following. And the first thing that can tell us whether or not we follow the sunnah is our salah. The most obvious sunnah is what? The salah which is called sunnah. Isn't it? So for example, before the fajr, fard, two sunnah. In zuhr, four before the fard and two after. After maghrib, two after Isha to you call that salah sunnah, isn't it? You don't call it fard. You say, let me say my sunnah. I will leave my sunnah today. Okay? So if we don't perform that sunnah prayer, then how do we think we follow the sunnah in the rest of our lives? Do you see what I mean? That's the most obvious sunnah. So this is something that we have to start doing deliberately, like we have to make ourselves do it. Even we are tired, we don't have our heart into it, we don't want to, but still push yourself, force yourself to do it. Because yes, we might say that, okay, I performed the fault and that's sufficient. Okay. But a hadith tells us that a servant draws closer to Allah, how? By the performance of the obligations. That when a person performs fault salah, then he comes Closer to Allah. But then he draws even closer to Allah. How? By performing extra righteous deeds. And in the extra righteous deeds, the first and foremost is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Right? And being close to Allah, what does that mean? That you love Allah and Allah loves you back. Right? So the first thing that we have to do is perform the sunnah salah as well. And you can do it. It's not too hard. We can all do it. It's not that hard. We just have to spend extra five minutes, extra seven, eight minutes. But shaitan makes us so lazy and tired and we start remembering everything in this world that we think everything else is important and the sunnah is not that important at that time. But we have to make ourselves do it. And remind yourself at that time, I want Allah to love me. Okay? When you don't want to say the sunnah, tell yourself, I want Allah to love me. This is why I'm going to say the sunnah. Inshallah.
Anything else you felt? You know, some sunnahs that we tend to ignore, we don't pay much attention to, and we could do them and earn the love of Allah. The dua, Allahumma ba'id bayni wa bayna khatayaya in salah, that's also musnoon dua, right? That's also part of sunnah. So making that dua, when we're done eating, we usually just, you know, wipe our hands or go wash our hands and we're done with the meal. But it's sunnah to praise Allah at that time, to thank Allah. Not just say Alhamdulillah, but the dua. Right? So that's also masnoon. How about something such as drinking water? Can you make that masnoon? How can you do that? Sitting down and drinking in? Three sips. Because sometimes you're like, you know what, let me just quickly finish it. Gulp, 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 gulp. And we just want to quickly finish. But force yourself to make it three sips. And sometimes it happens that I'm drinking and I'm like, oh my God, there's very little water left. I have to make it three somehow. And I force myself to do it. So where there's a will, there's a way. You want to follow the sunnah, Allah will give you the opportunity. He will make you remember as well. That when we will do something like that, then other people will also follow. When we perform the sunnah, then others will also follow. Does it ever happen with you that you finished your salah and the person praying next to you, they get up and they pray their sunnah and you're like, I should also pray my sunnah. Does it happen? Yeah. So then you are drawing closer to Allah and you're also helping other people draw close to Allah. Okay? It has a great effect on others as well. Okay, let's begin our class. Lesson number 43, Surah Ali Imran, ayah number 33 to 44. Indeed, Allah chose. Who did He choose? Adama. Adam, Wanuhan and Nuh, Wa'ala Ibrahim and the family of Ibrahim, Wa'ala Imran and the family of Imran, Alal Alameen over the worlds. Meaning he chose these individuals, their families over all the people of this world. Inna. Notice the verse. Inna indeed. Emphasis is being laid that certainly Allah chose these individuals. Why is emphasis being laid? Because it is only Allah who selects. It is only Allah who chooses. And when Allah selects someone, when He chooses someone, when He gives them something special, then can anyone object? Can anyone have a problem with it? Can anyone question Allah's wisdom, His decision? No. Allah says in the Quran in Surah Hajj, Ayah 75, that Allahu yastafi. Allah is the one who chooses. Min al-mala'ikati, from the angels, rusul and messengers, wa min al-nas, and also from among the people. Meaning, it is only Allah who selects His messengers. It is only He who makes this decision. So, inna Allah, indeed Allah, no one else but Allah, it is He who chose. He chose who? Adam and Nuh, the family of Ibrahim, and the family of Imran. The word istafa is from the root letter sad fawaw. And the word safwa, sufu, means to be pure, to be clean. When something is clean from any kind of mixture. So for example, you have water and it's clean. What does that mean? That it's clear. There is no sugar in it, no salt, no obvious germs or whatever in it. It is clean, pure, crystal clear water. It's free from mixtures. And istifa is to choose to select someone and make them the best, the purest. Okay? 
when someone is chosen, it means that they are separated from the rest. They are separated from the rest. They are distinct in their qualities, in their manner, in the gifts that Allah gave them. When there's a group of people, they're all mixed. And you can't tell one from another. Isn't that so? But if you separate an individual and you put them separately, you take them away from that mixture, then you have chosen them, you have purified them. You understand? So from all the people, all that blend, that mixture of people, different types of people, different levels of faith, different levels of righteousness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala select few and He made them separate. Meaning He chose them, He made them distinct in their qualities and their characteristics, in the gifts that Allah bestowed on them. In Allah astafa. So who did He choose? First of all, Adam How did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make him different, distinct from the rest of humanity? What is it that Adam salam has, or what is it that he was given that the rest of the people were not given? It's a question that I'm asking you, not a rhetorical question, an actual question, so you have to answer me. What is it that Adam salam had that others did not have? What made him separate from the rest? Different from the rest of people. Yes, that he was the first human being. No other person in all of humanity can be like Adam Why? Because every other individual has a father or a mother, you know, father and mother, someone from whom he or she came from. But Adam he had no parents. Who was he? He was the first human being. And he is known as Abul Bashar, the father of humanity. In what other way was he different? How else did Allah choose him? That Allah created Adam with his own hands. Allah created Adam with his own hands. The rest of the people, where are they created? In the wombs of their mothers. Right? But Adam salam, Allah actually created his body, everything with his own hands. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's special. Very, very special. So Allah created him with his own hands. Allah did not evolve Adam salam from another creation, meaning from monkeys. No. Allah created him from clay. As Allah mentions in the Quran, that the human being was made from turab, from dust, from clay. Salsal, Kalfakhar, so many words for clay are used in the Quran that show that Adam was the first human being. Meaning he was not evolved from another creation, but rather he was the first creation of his kind. So Allah created him in that manner. In what other way was he distinct from the rest of the people? He lived in Jannah. That after Allah created him with his own hands, a special creation, didn't evolve him for another creation, but actually made him the first of his kind. He blew into him his spirit. He gave him the knowledge of the different objects, right? Asma, we have learned earlier, the knowledge of the names. He gave that knowledge to him and he made him superior to the rest of the creation in the sense that he made the angels prostrate to him. And then after that, he gave him residence where? In Jannah. He provided him residence in Jannah. I mean, who else has been to Jannah before coming to this world? 
Adam alayhi salam only, right? So he was given many special things. And when he did make a mistake, Adam alayhi salam, then Allah forgave him. In Surah Taha, Ayah 122, Allah says, That Allah chose him again, accepted his repentance, and guided him. And he was the one who received revelation. I mean, he was the first one to receive wahi. The first human being ever to receive revelation. Allah spoke to him. Allah sent guidance to him. And he was the guide for the people who came after him. Until the people deviated. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Nuh salam. So Allah chose Adam salam. By the way, the word Adam is derived from the word Udmah. Udmah. Hamza Dalmim. And Udmah means a color that is somewhere between black and white. Okay? So we see that Adam salam, that was his color. I mean, you look at your white hijab and look at your black abaya. Okay? So a color that is somewhere between that, we think of gray. Right? But we're talking about the shades of brown. And if you think about it, all human beings, they are somewhere in those shades. Isn't it so? And we see the difference in siblings even. In parents and children even. So Allah chose Adam, وَنُوحًا and Nuh Nuh is mentioned after Adam. Why? Because he was Adam al-Sani. Or you can say al-Abu al-Sani. The second father of humanity. How was he the second father of humanity? Who was the first father? Adam a.s. Why? Because all people came from him. How is Nuh the second father of humanity? At his time, when the people did not believe, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a punishment that came in the form of a huge flood that caused all people to be destroyed except only a few. And after Nuh the people that came afterwards were from his children, from his progeny. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Safat, Ayah 76-77, We made his children, his offspring, the remaining ones. Meaning afterwards, all people, all humanity came from his descendants. So this is how Nuh is different. He is distinct from the rest of the people. That he is the second father of humanity, no one else was like him. Any other way in which Nuh was special? He had a very, very long life. He didn't live for 50 years or 100 years or 150 or 200, no. We learned that he did da'wah, he called people to Allah for how long? 950 years. And we learn that prophets were given prophethood at the age of about 40 years. So if you think about it, 40 years he lived before prophethood and 950 afterwards, that means his life was about a thousand years at least. Okay? So, وَنُوحًا Allah also chose him. Any other way in which he was different from the rest of the people? One more way. He was the first messenger. He was the first Rasul. But you might say, Adam salam was the first Rasul. He was not the first messenger. He was the first prophet, you can say. He received revelation, but he was not calling disbelievers to Allah. Okay? He was not calling people to worship Allah alone. People already worshipped Allah. You know, like we learned earlier, that all people, all of humanity was one nation, meaning they were all upon Tawheed. And later on, the people differed. And then Allah sent 
messengers. So who was the first messenger to be sent? Nuh alayhi salam. Then, وَآلَ Ibrahim And the family of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Al means family, descendants, followers, people of. So Allah also chose the people of Ibrahim alayhi salam. And over here, Ala Ibrahim first and foremost includes Ibrahim alayhi salam himself. If you're talking about the family of someone, then first and foremost it includes who? That someone himself. Right? So it means that Allah chose Ibrahim alayhi salam. How did Allah choose Ibrahim alayhi salam? What was it that he was given that others were not given? What was special about him? He was the father of the prophets that all of the prophets thereafter came from his descendants because he was the father of who? Ismail and Ishaq And after Ibrahim all the prophets came from either the progeny of Ishaq or of Ismail Right? All of the messengers afterwards came from his descendants. But before that, how else was he chosen? He was Khalilullah, the friend of Allah. Allah tells us about Ibrahim Allah took Ibrahim as Khalil, as a friend. Now imagine, we are being told that if you love Allah, then follow the Prophet and Allah will love you back. And imagine Ibrahim Allah says that I am his friend, he is my friend. Our friendship with Allah, is it certain? People claim that they love Allah. They even feel that Allah loves them, but at the same time they're committing so much sin. Is there any guarantee? Is there something that can actually tell you for sure that Allah loves you? We are all in the state of fear, right? We hope that Allah will accept our deeds. We hope that Allah will forgive us, but we can never say for sure that I'm on very good terms with my Lord. We can never say that for sure. But Ibrahim salam, imagine Allah said about him that he is my friend. وَاتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا He was the Khalil of Allah. He was Abu Al-Anbiya. He was the father of the prophets. He was the Imam of all people. Allah said to him, إِنِّي جَاعِلُكَ لِلنَّاسِ إِمَامًا All people, I'm going to make you their leader. All people who come after you, you're their leader. And the last messenger, Muhammad wasallam, came from his descendants. And also, the rest of the messengers after him came from his descendants. So, وَآلَ Ibrahim, وَآلَ Imran, And Allah also chose who? The family of Imran. It is said that Al-Imran refers to Abu Musa. Musa alayhi salam, you know Musa alayhi salam, from the Bani Israel. His father's name was Imran. So, Al-Imran means... Abu Musa meaning Imran, the father of Musa, Allah chose him and his family. Why is he mentioned over here? Because Musa salam was, you can say, the best of the prophets of Bani Israel. How was he the best of the prophets of Bani Israel? He is the one who, by the permission of Allah, took the Bani Israel out of slavery, freed them from Fir'aun, and then guided them as well. He was the one who was given the Torah, which the Bani Israel followed, and they still follow today. Right? So, this is why Al-Imran is mentioned, meaning Allah chose Musa a.s. Okay? So, Abu Musa. Secondly, it is said that Al-Imran, it refers to Abu Maryam. Maryam a.s., the mother of who? Isa a.s. This refers to him. Because his name was also Imran. 
Allah says in Surah Tahrim, ayah 12, وَمَرْيَمَ بْنَةَ Imran, And Maryam, the daughter of Imran. So her father's name was also Imran. Now, why is he being mentioned? Because he was a grandfather of who? Isa alayhi salam. And Isa alayhi salam was the last messenger sent to the Bani Israel. From the Bani Israel, he was the last messenger to come. So whether either Imran refers to Musa salam or it refers to the family of the second Imran, Maryam, her son Isa salam, in either case, in either case, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selected who? Them. Imran. Both of them. Okay? It doesn't matter who it refers to. Both seem appropriate in this context. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose them. Why? Because they were from the chosen tribe. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose both of them. Musa alayhi salam, he accomplished what he accomplished. And Isa alayhi salam, he also did what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the tawfiq to do. And this surah, surah Ali Imran, what kind of surah is it? Makki or Madani? Madani surah. Right? And what is the context in which the surah was revealed? A group of Christians came from Najran to the Prophet And Christians, they believe in who? Isa alayhi salam, Maryam alayhi salam, right? So, some scholars have said that because of the context in which the surah was revealed, Al-Imran refers to the family of the second Imran. Okay? The father of Maryam, the grandfather of Isa alayhi salam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selected them. How did He select them? How did He choose them? That if you think about it, they, Al-Imran, was from who? Al-Imran was from the descendants of Al-Ibrahim. Right? Al-Ibrahim was from the descendants of who? Nuh alayhi salam. And Nuh alayhi salam was from the descendants of who? Adam alayhi salam. Now if you think about it, they were chosen. They were children of those who were chosen, who were children of those who were chosen, who were children of the one who was chosen. So you see how they were the chosen of the chosen ones. They were the very special people. How? How were they chosen? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose them for prophethood, for scripture, for the great responsibility of calling people to Allah. Of calling people to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why they were chosen. This is how they were lucky. This is how they were fortunate. Who do we think is fortunate? These days, what do we think? Which person is very fortunate? Someone who has a lot of money. Someone who was born in a very rich family. Okay. How else? What other standards do we have today? Someone who is highly qualified. Someone who has a very good job. Someone who was born in a developed country. Okay, who has the nationality of a developed country, of the superpower country, whatever. Right? This is what we think is being chosen, being special. But look at the standard of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is chosen in His sight? The one who is calling people to Allah. Allah says in the Quran, وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ قَوْلًا مِمَّنْ دَعَا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَعَمِلَ الصَّالِحَةِ وَقَالَ إِنِّي مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Who is best 
in speech than the one who calls people to Allah. Meaning the best speech is of the one who calls people to Allah. So someone who has been given the opportunity to serve the deen of Allah in a way that is small or in a way that is big, then he is special. Then he is chosen. And all of us who are sitting here, who are involved in the study of the Qur'an in any way, in any way, we all should feel special. Because Allah has given us something that is very, very special, that He does not give to everyone. Does everyone get food? Does everyone get water? Does everyone have a body? Does everyone have a family? Is everyone able to walk? Yes, Allah has given this risk to all people across the world. But does everyone know the Qur'an? Does everyone get a chance to help others learn the Qur'an? No. Does everyone get the chance to recite the Qur'an every weekend the way you're reading? No. There are people who are who have the exact same time, but what are they doing in this time? Sleeping, watching television, taking a long shower, going through their you know, stuff. This is what they're doing. That time is going. But Allah has chosen you to spend this time with His book to be of the people of the Qur'an. Now, isn't that being special? That's special. So don't take this as something very small. Don't take this lightly. And shaitan will attack you. Saying that you could be doing something else. You could be doing something different. Take it easy on yourself. You have such a long week and then you are busy on the weekend as well. Shaitan will attack you because obviously he doesn't want you to be of the chosen ones. At one point he will bring one excuse to you, at another point another excuse to you. He will depress you, make you sad, make you feel that you are a failure, that you're not experiencing the sweetness of iman, blah, blah, blah. Many things. But keep telling yourself, Allah has chosen me for this. I could not have come here myself. Allah gave me the tawfiq and I cannot turn this away. Imagine Allah gives someone something special that He does not give to others and the person says, thank you, I don't want it. Later on in the story of Maryam we will learn that how the mother of Maryam offered her daughter to Allah for the service of the deen. And Allah says, فَتَقَبَّلَهَا رَبُّهَا بِقَبُولٍ حَسَنٍ Then Allah accepted her beautifully, graciously. When we perform a good deed, we want that Allah should accept it. Isn't it so? But why is it that when Allah gifts us with a special opportunity, we don't want to accept it? This is not fair. We want Allah to accept all our deeds. But when Allah gives us an opportunity, we don't want to accept it. That's not right. Like we learned earlier, it has to be both ways, right? You love Allah, you want Allah to love you back. Likewise, you want Allah to accept your good deeds, whatever Allah gives you, you should also accept that. So Allah chose these people, ala alamin above the worlds, above the people of their time. There were so many people who could have been made prophets, but Allah did not make them prophets. Allah made Nuh salam the prophet. Allah made Ibrahim salam the prophet. You might say, why? Why him and not someone else? Because there was something in Ibrahim, there was something in Nuh, which is why Allah gave them the chance. Now likewise, there has to be some potential in you that Allah has given you this chance. So don't take that lightly. 
you have the opportunity to go really far to excel in this path but it's up to you if you want to excel or not what does the hadith tell us that khayrukum man ta'allama al-qur'an wa'allamahu the best of you the best of you are those who learn the qur'an and teach it there has to be something good there has to be some kind of potential there has to be some kind of you know ability which is why allah blessed you so don't take that lightly ask allah for tawfiq and keep reminding yourself that this is really a special blessing of allah upon me so allah chose them ala alamin he selected them over the people of the worlds allah says zurriyatan children ba'dha some of them min ba'dhin of others ذُرِّيَّةً from the root letters ذَال رَا هَمْزَ ذَرَأَ and ذَرَأَ means to create ذُرِّيَّةً is creation okay ذُرِّيَّةً creation alright but this word is not just used for any creation it's used in a specific sense how? it refers to ascendants and descendants because both are created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Picture your family tree. Think about your grandfather, your father, yourself. And if you have children, your children as well. Okay? So some are at the top of the family tree and some are at the bottom. Isn't that so? Now the word zurriyah, one of the meanings of the word zurriyah is all the people who are related to each other, whether they are at the top of the tree or at the bottom or in the middle. Why? Because all of them are created and dhara'a means to create. Okay? So, dhriya, then what does it mean? Ascendants and descendants. It means relatives. People who are related to each other. Okay? So, Allah says, dhriyatan ba'duha min ba'd. They were relatives, some of them from others. So, some of them came first and others came later. Some of them were great-grandfathers and others were great-grandchildren. Like we see, Adam was the father. Much after him came Nuh Much after him came Ibrahim Much after him came Imran, Isa Much after him came Muhammad So we see that they were all related to each other. Some were fathers, others were children. ذُرِّيَّةً بَعْضُهَا مِنْ Another meaning of the word zurriya is when it is derived from the root letters wa-dhal-ra, wa-dhara. Wa-dhara means tark, to leave. What does it mean? To leave. Parents, they have their children. And when they go, who do they leave behind them? Who do they leave behind them? Their children. Okay? So then the word zurriya would mean descendants only. So one meaning is ascendants and descendants. The second meaning is descendants only. And this is the more common meaning of the word zurriya. Which is why in the word to word translation, what do you see? Offspring, children, descendants. Okay? So zurriyatan ba'duha min ba'd. They were relatives from each other, meaning they were all related to each other. They were children of one another. Some were fathers, others were children. Some came earlier, others came later. Ba'duha min ba'd. And ba'duha min ba'd also means 
that they were similar to each other. They were from one another, meaning they were alike each other. They were similar to each other. How? In their manners, in their faith, in their mission, in their character. And isn't that true? That despite the fact that there was a difference of thousands of years between Nuh and Isa between Nuh and Muhammad yet their mission was the same. And what was that? Calling people to Allah. Their mission was the same. Their attitude was the same. Calling people to Allah. You know, recently I mentioned to you just yesterday about the book Tibul Qulub by Ibn Qayyim. Right? I was reading that book recently with someone and um, it was amazing. The kind of things that they had written in the book, I mean, you would think that somebody wrote them today. You would think that somebody wrote them today. Like the kind of diseases of the heart, the kind of feelings that people go through today, I mean, you think that these are new problems that did not exist in the past. But the author had mentioned all those things. So it was amazing that the thinking is the same. So, بَعْضُهَا مِنْ وَاللَّهُ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ And Allah is all hearing, all knowing. He heard what they said, and He knows of what they did. Listen to the recitation and reflect. إِنَّ اللَّهَ اصْطَفَى آدَمَ وَنُوحًا وَآلَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَآلَ عِمْرَانَ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ ذُرِّيَّةً بَعْضُهَا مِنْ بَعْضٍ وَاللَّهُ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ So what do we learn in these verses? That Allah chooses whoever He wants for the service of His religion. Allah says, وَرَبُّكَ يَخْلُقُ مَا يَشَاءُ وَيَخْتَارُ In Surah Al-Qasas, Ayah 68, that Allah creates whatever He wills, and He also chooses, meaning He selects whomsoever He wills. Because He knows who deserves to be chosen. He knows who deserves to be chosen. Another very important lesson we learn in these ayat is that people are different, meaning they differ from one another in many different ways. Two individuals cannot be identical. How do people differ from one another? In what way? In what way? Think about you and your sister. How are you guys different? First of all, in age, one is younger, the other is older. How else are you different? Physical appearance. One looks like the mother, the other looks like the father. Our fingerprints, they differ as well. Personality. One is super hyper and the other is super nerdy. There are difference, right? Manners. One is so loud and the other is very quiet and silent. Right? One likes to make a mess and the other is always, you know, she's a clean freak. Right? How else do you differ from your sister? Education. You're done your high school and she's in grade 8. So people differ from one another, right? Some differences, you can say they are material. When it comes to the body, when it comes to health, when it comes to looks, okay? And others are non-material differences. Like I've been telling you before, hissi and marnawi, tangible and intangible, right? And the difference that matters in the sight of Allah 
The difference that matters in the sight of Allah is what? The actions of a person. The actions of a person. That is what really matters. Your beauty, your age, your height, the size of your eyes, the size of your nose, whatever, it doesn't matter. The size of your waist, it doesn't matter. What matters is the actions. That is what matters. So people differ from one another. Allah tells us that Allah chose some, some individuals over the rest of humanity. How? Their actions were better. Their accomplishments were far greater. The mission that they had, the purpose they had, that they lived for, was much more valuable. So whenever you compare yourself with other people, which we always do, right? Is she looking nicer or am I looking nicer? Did she get 28.5? Because I got 28.25. Right? We always compare. She's driving faster and I'm driving slower. She has this license and I have the other license. We're always comparing, right? Between ourselves and other people. Don't go for material things. Because they don't matter much. At the end of the day, she'll survive and you'll survive. What matters more is our actions in the sight of Allah. That is what makes us better. So compete in good deeds. I have a question for you. Have you ever seen someone and you thought, wow, I want to be like them? Yeah? Okay. It might be someone you saw, you know, dressed up like a really beautiful bride. And you think to yourself, yeah, when I get married, I'm going to dress up like that. But I'm going to do this slightly different or that slightly different. When we look at successful people, we want to be like them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us an example of those people whom we should aspire to be like. These are the ones whom Allah chose, whom Allah selected. Now when you read about them, when you listen about them, then say, wow, I want to be like them. Oh Allah, make me like them.